Listener Production. Today I'm going to be asking Carly Finley, appearance advocate and author, The Seven. You know my seven. The seven questions that help us unravel the daily routines and habits that help keep my guests motivated. The small steps that done daily lead to bigger and better things. How do you fill your cup? I really like listening to audiobooks, so I read a lot. I roller skate, not as much as I should. I've seen that. I love it. That's really joyous. I really love, like, dressing up and, you know, planning my outfits and stuff. And I was texting my work, my day job CEO, and we're comparing the amount of sequin jackets we have. And I I (laughs) missed him last night, and I'm like, you know, I've got five. That's a lot for someone who finds sequins really uncomfortable, and he's like, I've got to – I'll tell you how many I have. When I did the cook-up, Adam Liao asked me, like, where's my favourite place I've eaten in the world? And I'm like, Melbourne. And he said, <laughs> everyone from Melbourne says that. <laughs> so, you know, I really love going out to different restaurants and I really love food. That really fills my cup. And I think it's really important to have those things that fill our cups because a lot of your work, it actually sounds really exhausting, Carly, and, and like, tiring and draining. Um Obviously, I know a lot of a lot of your work that you do would be really fun and joyous, but I think it's really great that you have those different things to to fill your cup. So then, how do you balance your, I guess, your different responsibilities? Right, you've got work, you've got your home life, you've got spending time with your husband Adam, spending time with your family. Do you have something that you do to help balance all of those different roles? I'm not very good at it. I feel I, like I have it. <laughs> Because I have a, a part-time job, I'm very good at compartmentalising yeah. the different types of work. So my part-time job is on like a Monday to Wednesday. So when I'm there, it's like that's what I'm doing. Thursday, Friday is my freelancing. So I'm very good at that. I'm not very good at feeling like I can wind down. I am going through an ADHD diagnosis because I'm like, oh, right, this makes sense why I'm not very good at, you know, switching off. You know, there's that funny meme that has been around for ages and it's someone on a computer going, I can't come to bed right now. I'm arguing with someone on the internet. And that kind of like sums up <laughs> not so much now. Like I feel, I feel like sometimes it's like, should you weigh into this? Like what's the cost of weighing into this argument or whatever? Now I'm very selective about what I comment on also around setting boundaries. You know, I'll make a post, Hey, I'm sick right now. I can't take, you know, I can't do anything more than what I'm doing or, you know, resting. Um, so there's that. Yeah, so it is about that. It's about prioritising things. It's about saying no, but also saying yes to fun things. And, you know, I'm very, very lucky, I, you know, in the life I live in, the career I have, I get invited to a lot of stuff. You know, I get to go out to amazing events and um, see beautiful musicals and stuff and also just meeting people I think is really amazing you know the work I do particularly at writers festivals yeah the last writers festival I had I did I got to hang out with Grace Tame you know like just how amazing yeah, is that that's pretty badass um that is just incredible so being grateful for that as well I think yeah, yeah and I think for me I've learned that I don't have to like having better boundaries um kind of respecting respecting your time at for, for me, respecting my time with my, my family, my husband and my kids as being almost sacred and not always letting work infiltrate that. And I think I've gotten a lot better at that and also just gotten a lot better at like being like, well, that it's actually not my job to educate you. It's I, I'm not obliged to answer that question. I don't have to answer that question. 
And I, I, don't, I don't have to add commentary either. Yeah. Like lots of people ask me yeah. to comment on stuff like that happens in the media and kind of push back on that a little yeah. bit. And I've talked to people, like I've talked to journalists, I said, I know your news cycle is really fast, but also if you're working with disabled people, there needs to be a bit more lenience there. There needs to be more time provided. Like we can't just provide it within half an hour or whatever and then totally. be asked again. I think that that's really, yeah, that's really important. Yeah, I fully agree. Is there something that you do now that you mm-hmm. once thought was impossible? I used to work for the government and I used to have a very stable, boring job and I made a lot of steps to get out because I realised I couldn't really be myself there. Like I couldn't I couldn't have an opinion in the media. And, <laughs> you definitely can't. Oh, and, um, yeah, and I left the government in 2017 and I think it's been the best thing and I was really scared. I was really scared of doing it because I'm like, oh, my God, what if I never make any money? What if I have to, you know, ask my parents for money and that hasn't happened. So, yeah, that's the thing. I think, like, working part-time and working for myself, that is something that I'm really proud of and I didn't think I could I could have done. And is there something that you've traded in or you've, I guess, made sacrifices to have the life that you have now? Yeah, I think it, I think it is that, you know, like trading in the – stable full-time nine-to-five even though I'm probably just I'm probably busier and do just as many hours as a full-time job my health has been far better because I don't like I don't have to balance going to hospital for an appointment on a work day Mm. it's like oh I can do like I can schedule that on my non-fringe day and then just work at night or work at home you know work from the hospital or whatever or not at all i haven't had a hospital stay for the time since since i left the government wow so so changing your careers has had a big impact on your like health Mm -hmm. and well-being i mean i can't think of a time when i've been since i've worked at my arts job melbourne fringe that i've had to provide a doctor's certificate for being away like it's just like you believed and it's amazing during lockdowns and stuff i have to get medical certificates to get a cleaner oh my god just every time that we, every time we had a new lockdown i have to get another one and i'm like why isn't the previous one valid <laughs> yeah yeah and just like just the how extensive medical admin is and i know maybe some people think oh it's just like a couple of phone calls it it really isn't there's all sorts of hoops and paperwork and for me, as a result, I'm, I'm very diligent in how I organise all of the paperwork because you know you're going to get asked all of these questions. They're going to need to see everything from your blood type to the, the year that your parents were born, <laughs> you know, all, all sorts of crazy shit. And so it's just like I've learned that I have to be organised and have a, have, a, have a method of how I'm organising things and be meticulous with it because you kind of just not know what's going to happen if you don't have it. I um, had a really bad experience with a dentist a few years ago and as a result of that, you know, I made a complaint But um, and that went on for a very long time. There was a lot of medical admin in that. But one of the things that I did was made this sheet, uh, like a document that my husband or whoever was with me could have to show the treating like medical practitioner if I can't advocate for myself and so I had to use it the other day and it was really great so it just has all of that information like you said on there you know like my allergies and you know like what what I'm allergic to what I'm fearful of all of that and um when I was really sick with this respiratory thing I had to call the ambulance and then I was coughing so much and I couldn't talk and so I just sent the email to Adam and he showed the ambulance do you ever do you ever try to make yourself more palatable 
when you go to a medical professional. Like I know I do. I try to dress well, be presentable, be like. Yeah, not so much with medical professionals, but I definitely do in wider society. Yeah. My dad said that like he encouraged me to raise expectations of me by presenting myself well. And I had a, I have a rule like I put my best face forward on the internet where, you know, like I approve photos that go up and I want people to see me in the best light so that they. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, there is that. Not so much with the medical thing, but I do know like um, some disabled friends, particularly if they're Aboriginal as well, because there's double the stigma there and double yeah. the prejudice. I know that they often really feel that, they have to dress a certain way or you know, to raise expectations because there's such low expectations. But I don't I don't feel like that with being at the hospital. In fact, the hospital's probably seen me dressed at my, at my worst. I know for people who have a facial difference or have a bigger body or a disability, there's a lot of prejudice as well if you're a woman and particularly if you're a woman of colour and that if you present with symptoms, it's not believed. So one of my friends is uh, bigger bodied. And if she goes to the doctor for something completely unrelated to her weight, one of the things that she gets told is you need to lose weight. And or they'll try and say that her her symptom that she's presenting is related to her weight. And I know that's, that, that's a really common experience as well with the women in my running program. Yes. I, I mean, I feel like they people particularly like, if I go to the emergency department yeah. and people have never seen me before and they don't believe the severity of the pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's I, I think that's broadly speaking for a lot of women as well that they we're told that our, our perception of pain, you know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't hurt that much or it shouldn't be hurting or you're overreacting or stop, um, stop carrying on. And I've really learnt to be quite staunch and advocate for myself and say, no, it's actually hurting. I need pain relief. But it's also if you're not as outspoken or forthright, it's 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 really hard to navigate. That's right. And I think that's why I had the issue with the dentist, probably that I was too outspoken, but then also couldn't speak out because he had his hands in my mouth, you know. One of the things that when I used to go to hospital as a kid, I used to have very similar treatments to Burns patients. Yeah. My skin used to be wrapped up like a mummy and I used to have this thing called melanin, which is like a cotton and then a, like a plastic on top of the cotton. Yeah. And then they wrap me and then I used to have bandages. So often I will explain, you know, what I need like that. Like I'll use that kind of analogy. My treatment is very much like a Burns patient. Yeah. Okay. Do you ever feel unmotivated? Absolutely. I am such a procrastinator. <laughs> like I'll have a nap and I'll, you know, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. And then, you know, like I'll have a deadline and I'll, I'll have a nap in the day and then I'll start the work at 8 o'clock at night, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. But I also just feel unmotivated if I have to comment on a story that I might, you know, like know that it will give me more trolling. I was in the Disability Royal Commission last year. I was a part of the Disability Royal Commission and I provided a testimony. It was a very long experience. It's like I worked on this testimony for six months and then I had to deliver it in person in Brisbane. And that sounds exhausting, Carly. Yeah, exhausting. there was a lot of media around it and, and then a lot of trolling again, you know. But it was very funny because at the time at the, in the prep for my testimony, my favourite, Darren Hayes, was also from Savage Garden, was also in the lead-up to releasing his album, his first album in 11 years. And I had a meeting with the Royal Commission 
one Thursday and I got a message from someone who was doing this interview thing with Darren and he had this like private Zoom for his fan, for some of his fans in Australia. And you were invited? I was invited and um, it was like clashing with the Royal Commission meeting and I'm like, hi, sorry, I can't come to the meeting on time because I'm, I've got something else on. So I just like blew it off to do some fandom and I told them that afterwards but, you know, like prioritising that was really important to <laughs> me. But I, I guess it's good too because it's I, like it's I think it's like that where I know for me I'm so much more than just my burns, right? And I can talk about burns and being a burns victim. I can talk about that, but there's other stuff I like to talk about too, like the mental load and running and surfing and what I like to do for fun and as hobbies. And so I think that's why that's really important. What, what's one thing that you wish more women knew? That it is okay to show your natural face. Yeah, okay. I love that. That they don't have to wear, do you mean like they don't have to wear makeup? Yeah, and they don't have to use filters to make themselves look different. Yeah, that's powerful. I love that. You can find more of Carly on her socials at Carly Finley or head to her website, carlyfinley.com. Thanks for listening to Terea Pitt's Pep Talk. Follow to get new pep talks every day. Listener.